and welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a Revolutionary Girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with a very special guest co-host, my friend Karen. How you doing, Karen? I'm doing all right. Today, my beloved co-host Alice could not be here with us. So I have enlisted Karen to help address Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode 33, The Prince Who Runs Through the Night. How do you feel about this episode, Karen? Uh, I don't really like it that much <laughs> as far as the whole Utena <laughs> This episode is kind of a clip show, kind of not a clip show, because it does involve a particular part of the episode that is not a clip and is new information that we hate. Is it fair to say that we hate this? It's very fair. Now, Karen, before we get started, I'd like to talk to you about your history with Revolutionary Girl Utena. You didn't watch Revolutionary Girl Utena until very recently, is that right? That's right. Tell me about how you got started watching Utena. I decided to just watch it one day after knowing both you and Alice, and played it on the highest volume on my laptop and knew that your ears could not resist coming in and watching at least a little bit. I was hanging out with sound guy Jimmy, who is Karen's roommate, and Karen lured me in with the beautiful sounds of the Utina music and we watched the first couple episodes together. I barely got through the intro of the first episode. Apart from me, this was the first time that you watched a dub version of the episode, is that correct? Uh, yeah. How did you feel about the dub? I, I like Utena's voice. I hate everyone else's voices. That's not an unfair assessment. These voices are delightfully cheesy, and I like them, but most people do not. I guess, that all said, it's time to start this terrible, terrible episode with terrible, terrible things in it. We open up with Utena's monologue about her origin, but instead of it being over the images of her actual origin as they are portrayed, this is over the image of a carnival. We'll find out more about that later. In the beginning of this episode, we see Anthe and she's in Ahio's quarters in his stargazing room, so to speak. I don't remember what that's called. But she's looking at constellations that he has projected onto his ceiling because Akio is the most extra. And she's on the phone. And the person she's talking to, she says that she was looking at the stars and we don't hear what the other person says, but then she says she didn't want to look at the real ones. She's looking at the projection. She asks the person on the phone if they got tonight's roses. Then we see a scene of Utena and she's stretching talking about how good of a day she's had and how she went on every ride she could possibly imagine. We can only assume that she was at the carnival today that we saw in the opening monologue. She tells whoever she's speaking to that she was an only child. And then we hear from a radio nearby the voices of Aiko and Biko. That's right, we don't get a regular Aiko and Biko sketch this episode. They're just talking in the radio, I guess, because they have a radio show now. Maybe they have their own podcast. Did you know? Did you know? Have you heard the news, Karen? <laughs> Now, Karen, did you also notice that the lights in this episode seem to be going in the opposite direction that they normally go in? I 
did not at first, actually. We see Akio in his car, as usually indicated by the lights, and Aiko and Biko on their radio show are addressing a Mr. End of the World who seems to have written into them. And, of course, we see that that's Akio because he's on the phone with them. They ask him what he does for a living, and he says he works for a school, but that he also has another job on the side. What do you think that job on the side is, Karen? I know that it's seducing the girls that work at his school, but what do you think that he would call that? Uh, I don't know. He's literally sleeping with everyone on campus, so... I can't really assume too much from him. This is the Akio Otori Slut Shame podcast. They ask him about something that is eternal, and before he can answer, he gets another call. Because that's a normal thing to do when you're on the phone with a radio station, is to take another call. He switches back and tells him that he has to go to work. They ask him what job he has to go to, and he says it's his side job. And that's when we see him... Putting the car into, I don't know, apocalypse gear, whatever the fuck it's supposed to be. And he has his white uniform on that he's usually wearing in the car. And the lights are speeding up around him. And we're back at, because this is a clip show, we're back at the episode where Seonji hears the sound that plays at the end of the world. And we are getting clips from Seonji trying to get Anthe back at the beginning of this arc. And we see his duel. Yeah, this is basically just all flashback up until right to the end. We even get some flashbacks to when Utena met Toga and Seonji when they were kids and they found her in that coffin. We see a bit where Utena and Akio are sitting together and Akio points out the star called the Morning Star, which I will remind you is another name for the devil, which Akio is. Karen, how much do you hate Akio Otori? Um, on a scale of one to Toga, he's probably i'd say like a million times worse that's that is the correct answer i would say we see utana beat toga because that's what happens and this is a clip show utana in present day is laying on the floor of a hotel room i guess i don't know it looks like a hotel room to me but i can't really tell and she's listening to more of the radio show which seems to be talking about a grand champion imposter king which does not at all resemble her duels in the dueling arena there is some nice yoga going on though she does a very good headstand like she's been doing in the last few episodes and kicks her legs into the air and we start to get flashbacks from the kozaway and mickey episode from this arc how do you feel about kozaway karen She seems to be lacking something in her heart that makes her just not only want to sleep with everyone, but just want to manipulate everyone in her life. I feel like she shares that problem with a lot of other characters in this show. You're not wrong. The edgy I hate my parents is very teenager-esque. We get another shot just to remind you in case you forgot that Anthe is their new mother-in-law? Question mark. We don't really know anything else about this. This is the only other time that this has been mentioned. But we do see that scene again. I don't really know what to make of it. I don't even remember if it factors into anything else in the rest of the show. 
Anthe is a question mark. Yeah, at this point, Anthe is a big fucking question mark. There's Utena's clothes folded up. Yeah, Utena is in a bathrobe and she's drying her hair. And Utena's clothes were in Akio's car. We don't really know what to make of that yet. And then we get our act break. I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. Would you say that he is the worst? You don't even watch Parks and Recreation. No, I hate it with a passion. And I will stand by that. <laughs> but that line is the best. Utana is musing about whether or not Anthe put food in the refrigerator that had been left out. We're going to hear her talk about this a few more times in the episode. Food is the way to a woman's heart. We're getting flashbacks to the part in the Mickey and Kozaway episode where Anthe is in the car. And we're going to see again where Kozaway gets very suggestive with Anthe in that car. How do you feel about that, Karen? Well, you could say it's a very heated moment. Almost like a sapphic dream. You could say that. I guess you could. It's hard to talk about these scenes because it just feels like we're getting snippets of stuff that we've already seen, which is literally the truth. But it's just like, it makes it hard to talk about. Apparently, Mr. End of the World called back into Aiko and Biko's radio show and is now back on the air. And they're asking him a second question. When he didn't even answer the first. They say, do you know, do you know, do you know the answer? Multiple choice. Which of the following is a miracle? One, Edis's inventions. Two, meeting a prince. Three, canned coelacanth. Akio says miracles? I see. Miraculous power. And then he doesn't even answer the fucking question again. He just leaves the question unanswered again. And we start getting flashbacks to Jury's episode with Ruka. Akio's the fucking worst. Well, may I answer the question? Tell me. Out of those three things, Edison's a fake who stole Tesla. Tesla's idea. Um, what was the second one? I don't even fucking know. The third one was canned coelacanth, which is like a well, fish. In an Animal Crossing, coelacanths are the most rare fish you could ever get. So I guess that would be the miracle. I think you're probably right, Karen. If anything, who fucking cares? Akio doesn't seem to. We're seeing this scene again from the pre from the previous jury episode wherein Shiori tells Ruka that she's been polishing his sword for over a year. Yes, that's innuendo. We talk about this on the show a little bit, and we didn't really come to a conclusion as to whether or not we thought that Shiori was lying or not in this scene, because he says that it wasn't even his sword. Do you think that Shiori was actually polishing his sword? She was polishing something, all right. <laughs> a nice game of reversey. Is that what that is? As far as I know, because the chips are double si- dual sided, black and white on each side, and they flip them to win the game. I'm just not familiar with that game, so I'm willing to take your word for it. 
That's about all I know about it, too. It seems that Utena, still wrapped in a towel, is playing this game with someone else. We don't really see who that is. She is also still talking about food. We can probably guess who that is that she's talking to. But yeah, she's still talking about food and the food that was left out onto the counter. And then suddenly, Utena was losing the game. We see the very sad scene at the end of the episode where Shiori talks about how Ruka was the only one she cared about and Ruka's like, dog, that wasn't even my sword. She looks super cute in that outfit with her hair messed up, but I still dislike her. Honestly, pretty much everyone looks good in these bride dresses, so I mean... Maybe that's what we should wear all the time. Yeah, we should just wear bride dresses all the time, every day. Oh, we see the episode of the... Or we see... We see the scene of she, of Jury getting her locket cut off her neck, and it's really sad. I feel like that was the worst loss in this whole, um, what is it called? Arc? Arc, yes. Really and truly, Jury losing her locket is the saddest moment. She doesn't even lose. She just takes her rose off of her chest and drops it onto the ground because Utena took the locket off of her chest, so she has nothing left to fight for anymore. It's so sad. The only person I really wish happiness is Jury. She is my fave. I meant to ask you about your favorite character. You say Jury is your favorite character? She is. It's a good choice. And then we get reminded that at the end of the Jury and Ruka episode, Ruka just fucking dies and he's just gone. Well, haven't you heard that that's the best way to kill off a character you dislike? Just fucking give him a terminal illness. And then don't even share their death, just say that they're dead. We get more of the hotel room by the carnival, and a light goes out. Utena's laying under covers with a pillow. She says, miracles happen every day, we just don't notice them. Or I guess that was Akio talking to the ladies on the the radio show. And they ask him to like answer his question that they gave him, and he like doesn't even say anything. Yeah, the next scene is Utena, and it's just like a close-up on her face, and her hair is splayed out everywhere, and she's thinking about food again, about what she's going to make for her lunch tomorrow, and God, I fucking hate this scene. (laughs) I hate this so much because of what we find out at the end of this scene, what we find out why Utena is laying here with her hair everywhere, and she's implied to be naked i hate this so much she's just talking about asparagus salmon and omelet like she's just talking about what she's gonna make for lunch which i guess is kind of relatable and very very stressed out over it she's very concerned about what she's gonna make for lunch tomorrow she mentions again that they left all the food out and she hopes that Anthe put it away in the refrigerator. I find this very odd concerning her situation right this second. What, have you never like casually thought about the lunch that you're gonna make tomorrow when the worst person that you've ever met is fucking you? I mean, I have definitely thought about a lot of things uh, while I've been with someone. Uh, not necessarily that they weren't good. But I just was disinterested at the moment. (laughs) 
we're back to the phone call from the beginning and we know that's the phone call from the beginning because we see Anthe's side again where she says that she was looking at the stars and Akio says there's no reason to be in the planetarium and she says I didn't want to look at the real ones did you get tonight's roses Akio says that yes he got them well done and we see the lights again do you think Anthe knew what he was up to tonight I can only assume that Anthe kind of knew like it sucks but I feel like she does kind of realize what Akio is trying to do. We see Utena back in her clothes in the car. And I guess this is from the beginning of the episode before they did anything. Or maybe it's not. Who fucking knows? It doesn't really matter. The timeline is just a big ball of madness in this episode we hear Utena thinking I never expected us to do what we did all I came to do today was to deliver roses so I guess oh. yeah we can assume since she was the one delivering those roses that Anthe knew that that was gonna happen yeah I'm pretty sure they already had a discussion about her crush um or was that her crush on Toga? Previously, Utena has been dealing with conflicted feelings about her crush on Akio, but she hasn't really talked to any about them, anyone about them, other than talking to herself. And then Naname makes a reference to, you're totally in love with Akio. And Utena's like, what? Like she has no idea what Naname's talking about. How did you feel about this episode, Karen? I highly disliked it. It was awful. I wish I never had to see it again. I also hate it. I hate that Akio did this. I hate that it happened to Utena. I hate that this is part of the show. I hate everything about Akio. He's the fucking worst. I hate this so much. Why is he so terrible? Also, why can't we just have gal pals and not have to deal with these shitty male characters? Well, I have some great news for you about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> because the movie is much gayer than the TV show. Explicitly gay. And I mean that in both forms of the word explicit. Although, admittedly, it's not like a Yuri or anything, but it, it like there's no there's no gray area here. Like they definitely do some stuff. So yeah, uh, I guess as far as a clip show, the fact that it adds in new information is good, but we hate this new information. I feel like if they had just purely had a clip show to catch us up on the whole arc, it would have been better than adding new information in this way. Well, with all the other clip shows, they've tried to do more than just have a clip show. Like the first clip show involved like a framing device that had like Akio talking to Dios and like that was really interesting and then the second clip show was a non-ame focused clip show that I had sound guy Jimmy on for and that was a little more interesting but then this one the extra information that we get is awful and terrible and I hate it I hate it I hate it if the head of your school was a very attractive male in his late 20s would would you think anything of it not at all because that is an adult and I am a 14 year old child 
And yet. And yet. There's been at least three to four women so far. I don't know. It's complicated because like, okay, he definitely fucks Togo. We know that for certain. Mickey is sort of put into a weird compromising situation with with Kozue, but then Kozue ends up doing stuff with Anthe, and then nothing happens with Jury because Jury is strictly a frigid lesbian, and Toga tries to come on to Naname, and that doesn't work because, ugh. Oh, poor Naname. I don't think we see her in the rest of the show, and it makes me very sad. How do you feel about Naname, Karen? Moo. Karen doesn't really like Naname that much, but she does like that Naname turns into a cow, which is very funny. I feel like Naname is just the popular girl who gets everything she wants. And then when she doesn't, she turns into a cow. You'll probably be pleased with her single appearance in the movie then. Which I'll tell you about off the air, so we're not spoiling that for Alice, who's probably going to listen to this episode. So yeah, that was, that was a clip show. Yeah, it was, it was sure full of clips. Uh, I don't, I don't even know if I have anything else to say about this episode. Basically, Akio and Utsuna fuck, and I can't really say that, like, any other way. I mean, I could say it without the word fuck, but you're prepared for this if you've been listening to this show up to this point, so I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, basically, Akio fucks Utsuna, and it's terrible, and I hate it, and it's the worst thing, and I wish it didn't happen, and I try to scrub the memory from my brain every time I think about it. Do you have anything else to say, Karen? I mean, I guess if you're drawn to older men, might as well be the one who's who could, I guess, fudge you better grades. I don't even know if he has that power. We have no idea what he does with the school. We just know that he's like the chairman and that's it. We don't even know what the chairman's duties entail. They entail marrying the owner's daughter. And then fucking all the students, I guess. And her mother? Yeah, I forgot about that momentarily, but yeah, he does fuck Kane's mother, doesn't he? Was that in this arc? It was in this arc. Okay. It happened just a few episodes I didn't ago. Want to spoil it, but yes. <laughs> no, that definitely happens in this arc. That happened a few episodes ago at the very end, and it was very terrible. He does not seem to have any reservations on fucking anyone uh i guess that's all we've really got huh do you have any closing thoughts would you say he is a good pan representation absolutely not how dare you ever suggest this how how dare you ever in my presence suggest that akio otori is positive pansexual representation And that right there was my closing remark. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you could do that at Impandanata. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do that at Utenicast. Karen, don't you have a Twitter where the people can follow you? It is at PeaceFromKEB. Do you want people to follow you there? You may if you like Pokemon, Animal Crossing, and uh, weird memes. Yeah, I, I would say that that about sums you up as a person. Also very gay memes very gay memes if you would like to email us because you would like to come on the show or you just want to tell us what you think about certain parts of the show you can do that at imagineanyushna at gmail.com and if you want to follow us on tumblr where i post fan art and gifs and related utana content you can do that at imagineanyushna.tumblr.com and if you want to 
contribute to the show and help us out, that would be great. You can find our Patreon link on our SoundCloud and the show will always be free for you to listen to, but that little donation really helps us out. I guess that does us for this week. Revolutionize the world, everybody. Revolutionize the world. I have not heard any of these shows, so I have no clue. (laughs) 